Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Craft of the Draft podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nathan Seppi, and I'm joined again by Jonty Ralph-Smith. How are you, Jonty? Yes, very good, Nathan. How are you? Not too bad. This is the first chat we're having where we don't have a guest, so this one's going to be a bit more laid back, relaxed, and you're going to get a bit of an insight into what we've been doing behind the scenes, behind the podcast, and you would have seen a little bit of content at the moment that has showed what we've been doing, talking to a few coaches, getting their insight. And we've also been around the grounds a little bit, Jonty a bit more than I have at the moment. So Jonty will have a lot more insight in what he's seen. I'll have a bit of insight in what I've seen. And we're just going to go through club by club and give a bit of a brief insight. It's not going to be a full analysis and the next two episodes after this will be a good insight and proper analysis into both the girls and boys because the girls season does start one week before the boys so the corresponding episodes will go out a couple days before the season starts for the girls and boys so you'll have the girls next week and the boys the week after but let's get into it let's just have a bit of a chat talk about what we've seen around the grounds and to give a bit of a heads up we don't have notes for every club obviously some clubs give more than others and some clubs we've seen more than others so we're going to give as much as we can about each club but I'll kick it off with Bendigo. John T you've spoken to Whitney for the girls team we don't have any information on the boys team as of yet but tell me what you've seen what you've heard about Bendigo who's standing out at the moment and what's impressing Whitney. Yeah well I suppose what's impressing Whitney the the question there is um, the AFL Academy uh, one of their players that went to the AFL Academy was Jamaica Douglas, the a story that immediately stands out. She's from Upper Mildura, um, Court Public Transport. Took eight hours for her to get to the hangar, which is where the camp was held um, about six weeks ago. And then she she fronted up for school actually the next day when she finished up the camp, another eight-hour commute, fronted up to school after getting home at 2 a.m. So that's something that impresses her and sort of speaks to her work rate, which also shines through in her training as well. So she trains at their uh, satellite hub up there um, in Mildura, so far away. And, yeah, all, all credit to her for her commitment. But I suppose on the field, Lachia Painter is a player you're going to hear a lot more about in the coming years. She's one probably that is one of the more talented players in the draft pool next year. And multiple have said that, that she's the most skillful in the AFL Academy. She's a ball winner and she's a contested midfielder. So expect to see her really show that this season for Bendigo. We know that the talent improves year on year and, and she's one who moves really well. So one to watch. And also Lila Keck reads the play well. Um, she's she's quick in the forward line from all reports and she generates scoring opportunities. So if Lachia and the like can get it forward, expect her to really capitalise on it. Um, I just want to go back actually to what you said about Jamaica. And I, I've heard this from a lot of country coaches that it is, a you know, it's very tough for these players. And I think yep. that's something we're going to explore a lot during the season. Um, these players come from quite good distances to just even get to training, let alone match days. So do watch out for those type of players that we will talk about and look into. Yeah, and I've actually spoken about, I've actually spoken to um, a couple of, you know, Metro coaches and country coaches, people around the place who have talked about the fact that Metro people might complain about going to Queen Elizabeth Oval, for example, because it is a bit of a trek. When, when they shake hands with their opposition at the end of the game, who are the home team, they'll actually find out that the Metro away team has had to travel half as far as some of the country home teams. So it is something that the country teams have to deal with, but that's why there's so 
higher floor to ceiling for those country prospects because they they haven't trained in the elite environment um you know three times a week like the metro players have yeah well that's a bit of an insight into what we'll get into um but yeah bender goes the first of our country clubs and we're going to move now to a metro club uh colder john you've had quite a lot to do with colder in the pre-season with the boys and the girls you have yep. seen uh two pra- uh, one practice match sorry with Colder, and that was when Western and Colder faced off, I think it was a week ago, so pretty yeah. fresh in your mind. Tell me a bit about what you saw from that and from what the coaches are seeing, what's happening down at Highgate. Yeah, yeah, I suppose start from the boys' perspective. So that was a boys' practice match, um, and they played against Western, who who had some players that stood out, which we'll get to. But um, Isaac Kako is among um, several 2006-born players, several bottom majors, who they're very excited about, and he was certainly one that caught the eye uh, playing in the second half, I suppose, if you're going to call it, of that practice match. There were six periods, and he played towards the end of that, which was when the stronger players came on, played deep forward, generates scoring opportunities. He's quick, he's agile, um, could have finished with four or five. I think he only finished with two, um, but looked really dangerous. Amin Name, another one who could push into to Vic Metro from Calder, he's another one that looks lively inside 50 that they're really excited about. And Hugo Garcia, I suppose, is is one who I hadn't heard as much about, but you watch him play and, yeah, he certainly lights it up. He he was the quickest um, from Calder on the day, uh, reached 32 kilometres an hour at top speed. And I reckon he had four or five shots on goal and two hit the post in the last quarter. So he's got a good peg on him. And, yeah, if he gets the opportunity to to show his wares, you know, through the midfield or um, off half forward, then, yeah, I think Calder are going to be in pretty good hands if he can sustain what he showed in that practice match. And from the girls' side, what have you heard at the moment is there players that are standing out and uh, I know for a fact Gert Strath- Strathmore is a very big provider down there for Calder. So... Why is that? And what are, what have the coaches said about that sort of bond that the Strathmore girls are bringing towards Calder? Yeah, I suppose Strathmore just happened to have a really strong group of girls that have stayed with each other for several seasons. They haven't dropped off. And that's, I suppose, kept the continuity in the team and, you know, pushed each other. That's propelled them to to get to the Calder level. So, yeah, there are quite a few of them in, in Calder um, this season. Maddie Albrecht is one who's impressed with their endurance. I know... Speaking to Matt O'Connor, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I'm sure he doesn't. Um, he says that if, if um, what's he saying? Something along the lines of they'd need to replant the grass, the grass every week at Highgate if she played on the wing there each day because that's how quick she is. So elite pace and finds the goals easily up forward. Reese Sutton, another that is impressing. She changes lanes while in traffic. And, and, and the other thing about these girls is they've got Ross Smith as a coach. Um, five or six years of experience. So while the others um, have first-year coaches, not to take anything away from them, Ross is is very experienced. But, yeah, Reese um, changes lanes in traffic well, kicks goals, and will be looking to to play some VFLW this season as an overager. Awesome. And let's move on now to a country club in name. But, you know, it's always debated whether they are country or not. We're moving to the standing on Stingrays. Um, we've both been down to training uh, quite early. I mean, not really early, but about a month ago now. So, you know, lists were still being finalised finalized at that point. What were your what was your perspective from that training? And I guess it's a lot of the young guys, but we did see some features from the experienced players who a lot of them, I think it was six or seven, played in that grand final last year. So there's a lot 
to make up for the stingrays this year and they do look very hungry this year. But from your perspective, what did you say at that training that stood out? I think anyone who follows me on Twitter, and not to give myself a free plug, Nathan, but anyone who follows me on Twitter will be very familiar with how big I am on Cooper Simpson. So I'll keep it short about Cooper, but he's a he's a midfielder this season. He's got leadership qualities. He He's put on size in the off-season despite having had to battle with glandular fever and trains with great intensity. So he's certainly one to watch that I think will go top 10 at this stage or is certainly around that market. And I don't think I'm speaking out of school. That's how he's viewed externally. Sam Frangalis is probably a common sparring partner for him at training. He's a full as an inside midfielder. And like you say, they've got a litany of talent who are sort of around the mark. Kobe Ship played on grand final day, AFL grand final day, that is, in the under-17s game. Had a very strong first half. He's put on a little bit of size in pre-season. They've got Mac Andrew down there as well. Um, and they've got Harry Jamadia, who's been uh, in the in the Vic Premier cricket um, sort of circles in terms of um, his cricket development and is viewed really highly, was a water boy on Boxing Day. So I had to make a decision between footy and cricket, but he's putting all his effort into footy. will be interesting to see where he sort of lands. Um, but one probably from just outside Vic Metro, who's getting mildly talked about externally, um, is Jack Wilson, um, who had moments more than a sustained game last year, I suppose and will be looking to turn that into more consistency this season. A small forward who, like I say, can have moments, can sort of turn it on with a with a good decision or, you know, setting up an opponent, setting up a teammate um, for a goal inside 50 um, and will be looking to possibly get into the midfield this season if he doesn't make Vic Metro when the Vic Metro boys go out. But we'll hope that he's playing on that King's birthday weekend to, to really push his case. And he's played senior footy at the age of 16 in, in Southern League Div 2 for Hampton Park as well. I mean, two others we we didn't speak about, Kay Delarue and Sam yeah. Fangalas. Both, we didn't really see a lot of them. Um, and I think, you know, I think they just came out of their metro camp, those boys. Oh, sorry, yeah. the country camp. So they were just being rested for a bit. But um, it all looks good. They, Danny on team, it seems like it's all clicking. And, yeah, they'll definitely want to go back to back. Back to back, sorry. They want to win this year. They want to win the grand final. Yeah. Um, and we, you also. Drafted. They want to get more kids drafted than yeah. the that they had this year um, and they're certainly in a good position to do so I think it's a very strong crop uh, you also got to get you were also down at the Danny on the Eastern practice match yeah it was for the boys yeah tell me what you saw from that was anyone that we just spoke about that impressed or stood out or some younger guys that were playing pretty consistently and I mean we can let's even sort of transition this into our next club Eastern who stood out for you for both teams in that game and we will come back to Dandenong Girls to make sure we speak about Dandenong Girls. Girls. Yeah. Eastern boys in that game, probably the one that did really stand out was to me was Will Verrill. And I know that they are excited about him as well. Callum, his brother, was a rebounding defender and, and took the game on um, as well for Eastern last year. I played for Vic Metro. Um, his brother, slightly different sort of player, but found a heap of the footy that day and, and used it well and, and ran well and, and looked above the level, really. It was sort of more for the bottom half of the list. He's still a bottom major. And it's good to see Callum still around the place as well. But he's one that stood out in that game. Um, and they're also probably high on Rye Cantwell, that's worth mentioning. Um, he played on the weekend, actually, against Northern in the first half of the match, which is interesting because they're high on him. He... He played a game of Talent League last year as a high half forward who gets his hands to the ball and, and takes some marks, and he did that in the practice match against Northern. 
Um, and yeah, I had a couple of moments maybe he'd like back, but overall he was probably one of the stronger performers uh, from the first three quarters. But it was just interesting to see him play in the the I suppose the seconds clash in a sense against Northern uh, rather than in the first clash, given how much they're looking to sort of push him and think he could go to to Vic Metro is. He's certainly one to watch because he he can take a contested mark, that's for sure. Now let's track it back, like you said. Let's go back to the Danding on the girls team. They do have a practice match coming up against Eastern Eastern on Friday. This will be released on Wednesday, so this coming Friday, which we will both be down at. Uh, yeah. They looked very. I mean, they looked very sharp in their training, and a lot of your top guns were standing out. Sophie Butterworth was impressing on the track. Yeah. Uh, We've we've sort of got to see a glimpse, and I think they've they're going to back up what they started last year as well. Yeah, the talent that was coming through. So it's it's hard to see Dandy non dropping off. Yeah, that's for sure. But what who who stood out for you during that training session? Yes, yeah, so so I think you said it. Um, so Butterworth um, is one who the coaches are really pleased with. She's wiped forty seconds off her two k time trial. Um, worked really hard in pre season to ensure that. She can sort of get up the ground a bit more as that sort of higher forward that that runs the the patterns that are more that runs the running patterns that are more appealing to the AFLW clubs. So yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Gemma Ramsdale is their captain, and I know when I was down there, um, there was a couple of instances where she was you know quite vocal, and you could see her leadership really shine through. Uh, Ruby Murdoch probably another one uh, that I would like to highlight. Um, speaking to Coach Josh Moore, he says that she'll play a similar role to what Taylor Gatt did last year. We know Taylor Gatt got drafted to North Melbourne and played every game, I reckon, um, for North Melbourne in her first season in the AFLW. So a powerful running winger and sort of using that sort of evasiveness and, and running capacity to her to her advantage. And Bianca Lynn's line, Lynn. That's yeah, she's no, the last one. One of um, yeah, I was just, she's the last one I want to touch on. I thought as well. Her, she want. I think the the incentive from the coaches was to push her into half back a bit because her leap is really good. And I think from an intercept marking point of view, she's someone that they they're going to want to push up the ground and move that transition. And she was looking really strong on the training track, moving really well, very agile. So someone that will really look to progress her game further and really stand out, I guess, during this whole season. I think that's what is great about this longer season is we're going to see more of these players for longer as well. Absolutely. And if you haven't listened to our Emma Mackey episode where we talk about all things girls talent league, then go listen to it. That's one of the questions we do ask her how it is going to benefit girls. But just on Bianca, yeah, she she played in the ruck last season and and was very very good. But I think there was a view that at the next level she probably wasn't going to play that role. So they will try and transition her into other roles. And I know at the at the talent league testing day on Sunday, last Sunday, um, she was quite good in the yo-yo. She was in the top five or six from Dandenong, um, which which was quite impressive, not just because of how how well she ran, but also felt like for about three minutes it was like she was about to pull out of the yo-yo, but she had the mental strength to keep going. So it be interesting to see how she goes in the second half of matches this year if that sort of shines through. Well, let's move on to we sort of got a bit of a insight to Easton, but let's talk about more the insight of the players and the boys and girls. I've... Uh, talk to Ash Close, the girls coach. Um, he's loving what he's seen, and the girls just went on a camp recently. Uh, one of the classic footy preseason camp, which goes around every club. Um, but it was a 
great experience from what Ash said and that the girls really bonded. I tried to stay away from the footy aspect of it and really get the team bonding together. A very strong leader group that is a leadership group that has formed. Ava Campbell, captain of this team, will take charge and she's just very confident in what she does and that stood out for the girls as well. In terms of her playing, I think the, uh, Ash was very strong on pushing her on half back because that is really where she's going to show her best traits and that's where she's going to push in terms of the kind of draft at the end of the year. Uh, she was one that really stood out. Uh, Alicia Pisano was also training very well, uh, performing very well. One of the, She did do her ACL last year, but she's yeah. coming good now and I think she will be good to go in May. So I think that looking at the fixture, May is about around five or six. So she'll be in for a decent amount. I think that's what, and you know, this was last year. That would be the last two or three games. So good to know yep. that she'll be coming back and performing well. And I think her run and carry will definitely show once her legs get back to full capacity. And she's actually one talking to a few other girls from other clubs in the Metro camp. She's one that really stands out as a, just in her leadership, her, she sets standards for a lot of girls, especially the younger girls. So she was definitely one that was standing out, but that was probably the, the main takeaways from Easton's yep. girls at the moment. I think there's a lot of girls that are pushing and definitely showing potential. Jess Vukic is a good ruck slash key forward that will look to show her ability coming back from a stress reaction injury, but she is in the Vic Metro squad. So she's one to watch and she should be back for round one at this point in time. Laura Stone is a great defender slash midfield halfback rolling type that has been in really good stead. Great rebounding capacity has improved over the preseason as well. So those are probably the ones that have stood out for Easton's girls on the Easton's boys side. What have you seen, Jonty? What have you heard about and who's been impressing you? Yeah, the Eastern boys' side, I suppose, and the girls' side, for that matter, you could go on about for a long time because they have gone. They have got so many sort of have so much talent, um, but a lot of it has been withheld from a boys' capacity. From what I've seen, just you know, being involved in Vic Metro and and that kind of thing, just holding them back to round one. Nick Watson, these sort of players haven't been able to play. Um, you're going to hear plenty about. Uh, I could reel off Nick Watson, Cam Nyko, Caleb Windsor, Braden Laplanche, Josh Smilly, Riley Weatherall. Um, going to be around the mark for, for Vic Metro. One who might fly under the radar and played in their seconds game that I was talking about against Northern last week um, or on the weekend was Cody Anderson, a midfielder. We'll be interested to see if he can um, push his case, even if it's for a VFL spot next year when the Vic Metro kids do go out and when the private school kids do go out as a sort of tough inside midfielder who can sort of use his size and, and toughness to, to burst out of stoppage. Um, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of top-end guys, are certainly not short on talent. But, um, yeah, we don't want to focus too much on them in this podcast. So so we'll, we'll glance over them and um, possibly come back to them at a later date. So let's move now to Geelong Falcons, which another club we sort of haven't got a lot of insight in into yep. but you've spoken to Paul Corrigan uh, the boys coach um, what have you heard from him on Geelong a team that hasn't really been talked about a lot and just you know generally you hear a bit about each team but Geelong's not really talked about too much but they will be talked about as the season goes on but what's uh, what have you heard surrounding their preseason? 
Yeah, we'll start with the boys. You said um, what I've heard from Cora, um, Archie Sinnott, um, probably one to keep an eye on. He's been training at Werribee. He's a left footer who can play on the wing, and he's one of probably 10 to 12 players or certainly a handful of players that they've got from Geelong College. So every, every club has to battle with the availability of private school players throughout the season. Geelong are no different, um, and they've got their their guys at the top end um, like Michael Rudd and these sorts that are in Vic Metro that we could um, reel off. But another one is Toby Murray who has shown strong versatility in pre-season, whether he plays half forward or on the ball will sort of be dependent on opportunity. But um, they've actually got the most games into bottom ages of any club in 2022. So we you, you brought it up about Dandenong before and Dandenong are a club that, you know, it sometimes played with 12 or 13 last season. And I watched a lot of them for work outside of this podcast, but Geelong have done it just as much. So they'll hope that that holds their boys in good stead um, going forward this season. And um, certainly they've got a strong squad that um, I was going to say Paul Corrigan's excited about, but I suppose everyone's undefeated at this point of the season. Everyone is excited about their squad. From the girls' side, have you heard a lot at the moment? Yeah, yeah, probably a couple. Um, the the one that stands out is Lucy Marachek. She's had a disrupted pre-season, um, but she has speed and could be used as an outside player or high forward to get up the ground. So how much we see of her and how well she's able to sort of show those attributes will be a watch and see for Geelong. And then Maddie Seebeck is one that they're excited about as well. She's she's physical and she can take a contested mark up forward. So if they can get the delivery right to her, then she's one that can certainly show her forward craft and use her size to her advantage. And that could prove beneficial for, for them as a team and obviously her chances as well at, you know, reaching the next level. Now we've got a couple more country clubs to go through now. So we've got Gippsland up next. Uh, yeah. We've, you've dealt a lot with Gippsland over the past year and a bit based off your other work. So you're yeah. familiar with Gippsland, what they've got to offer, um, and we'll see a lot of them during the year as well. But from the girls' side, yeah, what's standing out? Have you, I'm remembering the coach's name. Nathan Boyd. Slipping Nathan Boyd. I should remember yeah. that. He's got my, got my name. What's, what's Boydy said about this squad? Is it promising compared to last year? They had a really tough year last year. I don't think they won a game, which or maybe they won their last one, but they had a very tough season. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, new start, fresh start. What's come out of the Gippsland camp for the girls' side? Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, don't want to burn my bridges with uh, Nathan Boyd, but I, I don't see them as being one of the stronger squads at this time of the season. I do hope that they prove me wrong they've got the um they've got ash centra who there's a lot of hype around her and she might you know carry her team and, and win a couple of games and she's a bottom major and like i say she's probably going to go top five next season uh you can get used to hearing her name she's clean above her head and clean on the ground and we know how important that is at this level but um yeah she's one to to keep an eye out for she's already in the big country camp amber shoot um is the top ager from the power in the in the um, Vic Country camp, she's good in the midfield with a defensive mindset, and she's she's well rounded. She's athletically good. She's competitive, um, and you certainly see that in the way she plays her footy. Um, she plays her footy in a way that allows her to to really show those attributes um, and, and tested, you know, reasonably at the at the preseason testing on Sunday. As did Alicia Molesworth. Uh, an interesting story, actually. She 
one gift science testing um, wasn't one of the top 10 to 20 probably in the yo-yo uh, probably top 20 but certainly pro- mm. probably not one of the top 10 but she came straight from a box hill vflw match where she played three quarters and still was able to take it out so that probably speaks to her running ability and yeah certainly gibsland will hope to expose that this season and zari gallagher another one who stood out in match sim uh she's strong she's competitive she's able to hunt her own footy um and she she plays girls footy well if that makes sense the way you sort of have to scrap and and you know do all those sort of things with the chaos ball and that kind of thing she does it well i remember with the boys side We've, we've obviously heard a lot about Zane Dersma from last year, brother of Xavier at Port. Uh, played very well in the finals and really showed what he was capable of all of last year. And you probably would have thought he would have been fit to enter an AFL club last year if he got given the chance. Uh, Lachlan Smith's another tall from Gippsland that's impressing. So have you heard much about them in the preseason? Who else from Gippsland is also catching the coach's eye down the highway? Yeah, good thing about uh, Gippsland is I've got Trent Noble as a coach. So um, Max Noble gets drafted to Freo um, last season, and absolutely terrific for him. But um, Trent Noble stays on as a coach. He's from the Mapra area. So that gives the Gippsland key position players. I'm sure even someone like a, a Zane Jersma possibly benefits from that knowledge to tap into from a key position craft point of view, even if he doesn't play ruck. Um, but, yeah, like you say, Lachlan Smith's a key position player. Archer Reed, Archer Reed, Archer Reed. I've got that right. I think I've got that right. Uh, they've got A Reed down there. Um, now I've just blanked on his first name. I think it's Archer Reed. Anyway, a key. Yeah, key yeah, forward. yeah. Archer Reed. Yeah, yeah. Archer Reed, key forward um, from down there as well, who who has shown promising signs and was uh, Vic Country as a bottom major. And Will Dawson, another key position player who um will play ruck and and benefit from the presence of of trent noble sebi amoroso one i want to keep an eye on not quite in vic country at the moment is one they're confident can push into vic country played as a pressure forward last year which meant things sometimes didn't go his way you know playing as a forward we know sometimes you can sort of you know get yourself out of the contest just with the nature of the position but he applies pressure and was able to keep himself in most games and had the good mentality to do it, um, will get his opportunity through the midfield this season. And, you know, you want to be around the ball if you're going to be pushing for Vic Country. And certainly he'll he'll get that opportunity for, Vic, for Gippsland this season and expect him to go reasonably, at least reasonably. And now let's move to the Rebels, GWV. We haven't seen any of them yet, but we have talked to both coaches. We've Jonty's talked to both coaches. We've got, let's start with Sally Riley the girls coach, what's come out of Ballarat at the moment? I guess they're not just Ballarat, but they play out of Ballarat. But what's the main talking points from the girls' side at the moment? Yeah, well, I suppose from Sally Riley, and they're another country club, um, Nathan, who is someone who... um, Sorry, I've just completely lost my train of thought. But, yeah, they're another country club who is inevitably going to have some difficulties with players getting to um, trainings and that sort of thing. Jess Wrench is one who obviously stands out, and she was really good at the talent league testing again. She she ran quite well, um, does the dirty work inside and is quite explosive. Um, and Layla Laxman is another one um, from that area who has caught the eye. But, yeah, haven't heard as much from them, but we'll certainly make sure we do so. They've got a 
practice match coming up within themselves. So um, whether they're able to, um, well, certainly after that happens, they'll have the capacity to have more information about where they sit. And then Dave Loder on the boys' side. Just for another bit of insight that I think comes from these country clubs, Dave has said that they've got three satellite locations, Hamilton, Horsham and Warrnambool, mm. which you wouldn't think for a team that's plays out of Ballarat, that would be where their locations are, but it really does cover greater Western Victoria, as the name mentions. But that's a bit of the struggles that these clubs have compared to you're in a metro clubs that are just dealing with a local league of players in a way, so they're not really coming from further than a 10 or 15 kilometre radius at the most. So it's a bit of an insight. But tell me what Dave's talked about. George Stevens, what have you heard about him? How's he progressing at the moment? He's not far off 100% in his recovery and he's on track to play the the practice games that we've sort of talked about. He's a warnable boy. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see if he's one that is able to push his name forward, obviously, was injured for a large part of last season, so wasn't able to push his case, but they're very confident in him. And Luan Lawal is another one who's sort of around the mark for, for GWV. So keep an ear out for his name because expect that we'll be hearing a little bit about it if, um, yeah, if GWV play a bit of footy on their terms and he's able to show off his weapons. Um, GWV do have a practice match against Geelong. That may have happened or may not have happened, but we, do, no. we didn't get a proper date on that. Hasn't so, happened yet. How that happens. Yeah, so cool. we'll get to that when that yeah. happens. And we'll keep you up but, um, yeah. But that's one to happen. So that is a practice game that will be happening. Well, it's going to happen in the next two weeks. So I guess we'll find out sooner or later. Um, our next club, Murray, uh, I've dealt a lot with Emma Mackey. And yeah. you've dealt a, lot, a dealt a lot with Mark Brown. Tell me what you've heard from Emma because, yeah, I don't know a heap about Murray's girls at this point of the season. So who, who well, yeah, well, like we said, if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, listen to yeah. it with Emma Mackey. So that was great. No, she's very great as a coach in terms of her experience with sport. And I think she's great that she's come into Murray's system for it's a second year now, but her first year's head coach. So someone that was great to talk to and get a bit of an insight into how she's developing her players in a bit of a different, very sport-orientated way, which sounds a bit odd when it is a sport itself, but in a very holistic way that involves more than just footy itself. Uh, but Grace Grace Hay was one that was standing out for her. A top ager possibly could go in this early draft that is happening for the girls. So yep. she's one that will definitely be around the talks and there's a bit of speculation whether she will go or not. Uh, she's got a bit of a netball background, so, you know, multi-sports, as most of these girls do, which is... It's a great skill set to have because you do gain a bit more ability in some areas and others don't. So it is um, it's great to see that that is still a thing. But I think in the future it will it's at a point now where it's going to be football orientated. Uh, Chloe yeah. McLahaney, a great leader, uh, a really good left foot, and yeah, she was getting a bit of attention last year. But again, competing with an with another sport. So it's I think her focus now will be footy. Uh, she's one you'll see featuring in the back line quite a lot. Uh, Sam Pepler is another top ager, another ruck. So Murray do have a lot of tall girls. So I think that will be used to their advantage a lot in 2023. Uh, Plays some really prop. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Reasonable that? Test. Yeah. Whether that shows up on the results and the top 10 and that sort of thing, it was, it was a reasonable day for her. Go on. 
Um, no, well, she played some great games um, in 2022, uh, had a fractured foot. So she's well, – the fractured foot, sorry, towards the end of the year. So she's still recovering from that. Uh, but she's got a, a lot of potential. Uh, Destiny Dot is another one, uh, an, another ruck. <laughs> yeah, a shorter one, a shorter ruck. Uh, midfield forward, so has the ability to play up up the ground and also throughout the middle. Um, and a player that's got a lot of great stories from what Emma was telling me that travels very far to get to training and just very friendly, family, great personality and someone that is a very great club person from what I've heard. So she's one that's been great. And that was really the main plays I've heard so far. And we're going to learn a bit more about Mario as the season progresses. But it's a lot from me, from you, Mark Brown. What have you heard on the boys' side from Mario at the moment? Yeah, boys' side, um, I suppose they've got a couple of players who are sort of around the mark. They had a practice match against the GWS Giants Academy a couple of weeks ago. Darcy Wilson was one who stood out from that. So he's got some talent league footy experience. He's a he's a smooth mover. He's added a bit of size in preseason, according to Mark Brown. He's pacey, he's clean, he's competitive, and kicked a couple of goals in that practice match. He was the one that really caught the coach's eye. Um, Connor O'Sullivan is a key position player. You might see him go into the midfield. He's got good vision. And one from a little bit left field um, that you wouldn't have heard as much about, probably. Phoenix Gotthard, I'm told. He's a small forward midfielder from Albury who's played country footy at the age of 17 so that old style sort of hardness and toughness about him and he can run and carry it out of congestion they're quite excited about what he could bring this season um Murray so yeah one to keep an eye out on um Boston Dowling has moved from Murray to Oakley just worth noting um and he's got his own reasons for that but he's moved from Murray to Oakley so he was one who Murray, you know, perhaps could have pushed into draft calculations for Murray this season. He'll do it with Oakley this season. Now let's move. We've got four more clubs to get, five more clubs to get through. So we're going to relatively get through these as quick as we can so we're not letting people sit here for too long. But the next one is Norman. So we've, you've actually, I'm going to give this straight to you. You've been to quite a lot. You've seen two intra clubs in the boys and girls. What stood out? From a, from your own eyes, because this is one where you've seen it. So what's who stood out and who's impressing you for Norman? What stood out is that what people have said about Nate Caddy is very true. He is going to be a player that really stands out in this draft pool. He kicked four or five goals and was the barometer up forward and could probably have had a couple more in their intra-club match a couple of weeks ago. He he was excellent, just took contested marks for fun and, yeah, kicked, kicked goals from 50, kicks goals from 20, um, very good on the set shot, and it seems like everything he touches, and Logan Morris is a bit similar, I speak about him from Western, everything he touches he seems to cling on to and mark. Um, and Will Green, another one, he's a he's a ruckman um, who will benefit from Anthony Rocker's coaching, no doubt, uh, when he rests forward, or use the word rest, I know a lot of coaches don't like that term, when he plays forward, being able to actually weaponize that position to some degree and show off his versatility is probably the next step for him because he does show signs around the ground in the ruck. Jack Chubb, another one on the subject of key forwards, is a lead-up target. He's one that took a series of um, contested marks or one-on-one marks in that intra-club match I talked about. I also got out to a Northern versus Eastern practice match on the weekend. I talked about it from an Eastern perspective, but probably the player who stood out the most was um, Byron Pickett Jr., uh, the son of Byron Pickett, 
uh, the father-son eligible for the Roos this season. He kicked a couple of goals, took an absolute hanger, and looks dangerous every time he goes around it or every time the ball goes towards him. He's another one that almost draws the ball towards him. Nate Caddy wasn't playing that day, so it'd be interesting to see them work as a combination and how that goes. He's got areas of his game, no doubt, to round out. Um, he's not the complete package like Nate Caddy is, not to say Nate Caddy's the complete package either, um, but he, he's certainly one to watch from an excitement point of view as much as anything else. And I suppose if I was going to give one more, Adam Galgano showed a lot of pace on Saturday and the previous practice match I watched, I was really impressed with his thirst for the contest and his ability to find the inside ball. Got him a massive head knock in that match. It was good to see him recover and then have an impact on Saturday as well. So those are a few players uh, that have impressed from the boys' side of things. And and there's there's four or five more that I, I could speak about. Jack o, um, Charlie Opie. Levi McCormack, um, Tom Sims, um, but yeah, leave it that. And the girls' side. And yeah, on the girls' side. Um, so Winnie Buckley um, is one who has been talked about, I suppose, a little bit, or I've heard a little bit about. And yeah, she she's really good. She's really clean in the midfield. So looking forward to seeing how she progresses this season. She was really good in that practice match. A player that played on Winnie in their intra-club match that I watched was Talia Plunkett. And she is one who has a tank on her. And you really see that when you do um, watch her. Um, she gets from contest to contest and got a couple of clearances, remains involved, never looks like she's out of the contest. So really, really impressive watching her. Isabella Parnell got exposed to some talent league footy last season, um, kicked a few goals. Um, and yeah, she's a really good marking um, for She She leads up and um, marks it really well. And yeah, gets back inside 50, helps out. So she's one I'm looking forward to. And Lauren Jashak is another one. They call her LJ down there. She's the Ruckman. She can take a contested mark. So if she is able to sort of impact in other ways, she's got that size and good mitts that she has as a starting point. So keen to see how she develops and, and rounds out her game. She can become a bit more athletic as the season goes on. Now we're gonna we've got four clubs: Oakley, Sandy, Tassie, and Western. We're gonna swiftly talk about Oakley and Sandy because these teams you're gonna hear about quite a lot. So we're yeah. not gonna spend too much time on them. We'll talk quite a lot about Tassie, what you've heard from Tassie, and same with Western. We haven't heard too much out of Western, but from Oakley's point of view, we haven't actually seen them yet because been quite a lot of change down there at Oakley, as you would have yep. seen, or people might have seen that Jason Davenport has gone to JWS as a development coach which is great for him and well-deserved position. He's definitely been a great coach at Oakley. Uh, so, and Tyrone Vickery, not a very big media person, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. So we haven't really heard like a heap, but from what you've heard from Jace when he was there, who's standing now, I mean, there wasn't really a huge amount of talk because it was still lists being cut, but who's going to push come draft time? Who's standing out a bit? from Oakley's side, from from both sides. Yeah, I've had some chats, and um, on the weekend, Nathan um, Falactides stood out in a... Falactides is the way we're going to pronounce it until we're told otherwise. I've heard um, varying pronunciations, but been told to go with that. He's one that really stood out off half-back, played a full season of Talent League footy last year, 
Um, and one person who watched him guesstimated that he would have had about a thousand metres gained, and that sort of speaks to the way he plays his footy. He backs himself off half back, he gets it, he runs, he takes a couple of bounces, and then he's got a penetrating kick and and can almost deliver the entry kick inside fifty. So that's the way he played on the weekend. Ollie Butter playing a similar position was almost equally as dominant, and Will Lorenz is another one they're excited about. Luke Teal and Will Elliott will return as nineteen year olds this season. I'm told Luke Teal. And Will Elliott will both play some VFL footy after the first month and look to look to target the mid-season draft, no doubt. They both were highly touted last year before injuries ruined both of their campaigns. Luke Till um, affiliated with Richmond VFL and Will Elliott with Fox Hill VFL. Um, they're probably the, the main ones to speak about. Billy Hicks, a medium forward, another that there's been a little bit of chatter about from um, Oakley. From the girls' Billy. side, if we side of things yeah um amy karis brett is an interesting story she's uh, a cross-country runner at national level and they'll look to expose that by playing her on a wing hopefully she has the footy smarts to match and they're certainly confident she does she has a good kick on her and she's got good ball handling skills so she's one to watch out for and emma mcdonald is one uh, an interesting story um out of left field or left field we say but there are quite a few stories like this in the AFLW circles. She's only played 10 games of competitive footy in her life. Um, but, yeah, their coaching staff are certainly confident she could push into Vic Metro as a key position forward. Now let's move to the Dragons. Uh, I've been down to the Dragons a few times. So I've seen an intra, their intra-club, seen the girls train quite a lot. And yep. it's sort of what you'd expect out of, the Dragons, it's, uh, it's sort of the same. You've got a couple that are always promising per year. I'll start with the girls, and Martha Cantwell is the new girls coach. Uh, a lot of the young girls are standing out, and I think that's that's really been the theme all preseason that these girls are ready to push. We've got Judy Goldman, who's definitely one that's going to stand out in terms of the girls this year. Mia Sedlinski is definitely one that's going to push and as a, she was a, definitely the strongest forward for Sandy last year, won the leading goal kicker award and was always really physical in her contest and I think she was one that the girls definitely against her struggled to combat her. So those the, the Sandy what was that, sorry? Get her on the park, she seems to be injured a lot. Well yeah, she does have an ankle injury, she she did say it was a had to, I think it was screws or something like that, so pretty pretty decent injury so she she's moving again but i think she'll be back around round two or three so actually i think she'll be back around one because the sandy girls don't play until round three or four so i do think round one for sandy in a way so that's what i'm trying to say um on the boys side rob harding uh talked to quite a lot seeing the intra clubs uh the one i would like to mention is vigo vicentini he was the one that stood out in intra clubs he was in the premiership side for sandy last year and he was the main ruckman uh well in match with ben andrews but he was sort of coming up as the season went on uh, he was just great and i think for a ruckman you wouldn't. He didn't play like a ruckman. He was able to run, carry, hit targets on pretty tight angles, and really showed what he was capable of. Not just his tap work, which was also really strong. Uh, I'd like to see a bit more of him during the games against proper opposition, because obviously you play against you know your own teammates quite a lot, so it's hard to get a great gauge of the tap work type of things. Mm-hmm. But he was really impressive. 
Charlie Harp, Charlie Harrop, another one that was playing well, just moving well. I, you know, we discussed this. I thought he looked quite tall. Maybe he wasn't as tall, but he was kicking well, moving really well. Um, trying to think who I should bring up here. Oh, sorry, uh, Will Nish. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, he had. I'm out. Will Nish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Will, yeah, he had an injury. I think uh, as a knee injury all of last year, and he played one game against Eastern. Yeah. Is it one game, one or two? He one played game. one game. Yeah. Um, but he's just one that stood. I mean, the intra club, he didn't have as much of an impact for, from a training point of view, built a lot of size, really moving well, and his voice was great out there, just able to run, and, and his tank was really good. Someone that really impressed. Um, and I'm not going to mention. Oh, sorry. Before you go on, yeah, he didn't might have impressed, mightn't have impressed as much um, as some others at the intra club Euro app, but certainly the one I was at, I thought he was one of the best on ground, if not the best on ground. Ran really well and, um, yeah, still been able to put on size. So to have that combination through the midfield, when he does get his opportunity to go inside, he, he's got weapons to show. And that's all I'm going to talk about because, I, like I said, the top players get a, will get attention for these type of clubs, so I'm not going to ponder on that for too long. We'll talk about that come the boys' preview and we go into a deeper analysis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's move on to Tassie, which you've had a lot to do with Tassie. Jeremy Webley is the boys' coach. What have you heard out of the Tassie camp for the boys at the moment? Jeremy Webley, both the boys' coach and also the talent lead for the whole program. Um, they had their testing um, a couple of weeks ago, and we will do a separate episode where we overview the testing. We've spoken a bit about talent lead testing, the boys' testing for the Vic-based or the Vic-based Coats Talent League club is coming up this Saturday. But yeah, Jeremy Webley, probably Ari Schoenmaker is the main one. He's a tall, athletic defender. He's a left footer. He played on AFL Grand Final day last year. He's a um he's yeah he's certainly around the mark and is yeah among three or four you think of jack callanan and colby mccurcher who are also going to be spoken about because they're in the afl academy oscar van dam another one who's impressed he came back in fantastic shape and ran a 6102k so they're hoping he can translate that onto onto game day and then jody clifford for the girls side for tassie I mm. talked to her quite a lot. Talked about Charlie Vandenberg, Georgia Gillow, Ruby Hall, those type of players. So who yep. of you, who stood out for her, for Tassie at the moment? And it's like, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it, Tassie? Because we're not going to see them until the games start and we can watch them through the streams. Are they going to come down here? So we're, yeah, we are very reliant on, reliant on what the coaches are telling us. No, that's true. But we are grateful because... Both Jeremy and Jody have been very accommodating of their time and um, very happy to offer a lot of uh, information. I suppose the thing to keep in mind with the Tassie girls is they don't have the TSL program like the boys that feed them, the Tassie State League program. So they're all coming from separate sort of community competitions depending on where they live and that sort of thing. I know the Thompson twins are a couple that have come back in really good shape. Um, and are impressing. Uh, Brooke Barwick did her ACL, so that's probably the main news that's come out of uh, Tassie from a girl's perspective so far. Uh, she was hoping to come back as a 19-year-old, um, but unfortunately will be unable to play due to her um, injury. She'll transition into a coaching role and has approached that um, as well as you could expect. She's been really mature in it, so that's really impressed them. Um, but, yeah, really looking forward to getting out and seeing them and um, being able to cover them because they have been really good to us. So we do appreciate that. Yeah, no, for sure. It's been great to get this information and 
get a real good gauge before the season's even started. And let's finalise, let's finish on the Western Jets, uh, which they did play in that Western Calder game you spoke of before about Calder's side. And this is the boys we're talking about. So for the boys' side, for Western, who impre- who impressed in that game? And then we'll finish on the girls' side. Yeah, yeah, I think Darcy Weeks. Uh, probably uh, one who is flying under the radar a little bit. He's composed on uh, on both sides of the body. He's from a strong keel or team. He's a smart footballer and he sees the game well. Um, would not have been best on ground in that game, but he's one who flies under the radar that they're quite optimistic um, that if he applies himself, will push into Vic Metro because he certainly has the talent and work rate to do that. Um, he played a lot of talent league footy last year and played a key role in a tight game against Geelong, I've been told. Um, it was a two-point win and he played sort of out of position. He was, you know, trying to be thrown around to show that he can play other positions, played off half back and read the cues really well. So looking forward to seeing where he sort of ends up and where he plays his best footy. Um, but um, as much as we don't want to focus on the top guys, it'd be remiss of me not to mention Logan Morris. He gets up and down the ground a lot better than what he had previously. That was perhaps a area that he would have wanted to have improved last season. He's always had a good, strong set of mitts on him. Um, but, yeah, has really good running patterns now and, yeah, has a strong fitness base. So it'll be interesting to see how he tests actually next Saturday um, at the Talent League pre-season testing day. From the girls' side, have we got a lot of information from that side at the uh, moment? Mark played in the uh, – practice game between Western Jets and Calder Cannons. I wasn't at that one, but I'm told she's a smart player and she's sort of a well-rounded sort of prospect. And she tested reasonably as well today. Tamara Henry is one who could perhaps push in to become a prospect as well. And Christy Lee Western Turner is one who's going to be spoken about for a long time. She's the clear standout down there, um, regardless whether you're looking at 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, whatever. But um, Megan Smart's is smart inside and outside, pardon the puns. So um, probably the one that I've been told to keep an eye on the most. Awesome. Well, that wraps it up. And that was a it was a longer episode than we intended. But it was good. It's uh, good to start talking about these things now. And come the end of the season, we've got this sort of document of everything we've talked about up until then. So it was great to chat about all these clubs, what we've heard. Uh, like we said, next week will be the girls' previews. So we're going to go through every club, but just the girls, talk about probably a bit of a review of what we talked about today, but I guess a bit more you know, a bit more fun, a bit more predictions of what we expect from this team, who we yep. expect to stand out. So just a bit more of an open episode and really give an insight into what to expect to go into round one and who you should be watching from players and clubs. Right? Players, yeah, players and clubs. Right? So we're looking forward to that. Thank you, Jonty, for joining me again. Uh, we will provide more content as the week goes on. But until then, we will catch everyone in the next episode. Thank you for watching.